You are now listening to For All Nerds Show, a podcast about geek and pop culture from the perspective of people of color. For All Nerds is hosted by DJ Ben Amin and Tatiana Keen Jones. For All Nerds Show is a member of the Loudspeakers Network, where we always say rest in peace to our founder, Combat Jack. For All Nerds Show is powered by our listeners. Everything we do from our podcasts, live events, our website are all independently funded. Please continue to support us through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash for all nerds. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And what's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the For All Nerds show. The voice of the urban geek, the podcast where we discuss geek and pop culture, amongst other things, from the perspective of people of color. And as always, sitting in the captain's chair, it is your boy, DJ Ben Amin, aka Toss a Coin to Your Ninja, Buzz Outchia, Method Mansplaining, Quantum Leech, Arsenio Holodeck! Soldier 70 Spliff, Doctor Who's Mans is this here in the spaceship tonight. Quentin Quarantino, of course, but you know, that goes without saying these days. I need and a quarantine name. Yeah, you need a quarantine name. And I, but I've seen too many people quitting quarantino. I mean, it's it's too easy, you know, I guess. So that I need a better one. So I'm at to work on that. We'll work on it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I've been trying to think of a brand for my DJ since D-Nice.Homeschool, D- which is like, brilliant you know what i mean like <laughs> heck, you bastard you know that's too good because <laughs> you know? now it's like you can't use anything with home or stool in it and it's like what am i gonna do but anyway back to this show of geek culture as always i'm joined by tatiana king jones the grand duchess of tech also known as deuce piccolo t'challa bread the lord of lightsabers flex luthor and the ting of the north mm-hmm deuce piccolo deuce piccolo 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 you, you know you you don't know the joke about uh, who's that? Is that what's my man? Uh, rest in peace, Robin Harris. Yeah, that was Robin Harris. Robin Harris had this whole bit about uh, being in church and the pastor being mad at whoever was playing the piccolo because he was terrible in the uh, church band and the choir. Mm-hmm. And then it was this whole thing where it turns into this whole thing, and eventually the pastor calls somebody a motherfucker, and that's made the whole joke. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That escalated quickly. It really does. You know, it's a Robin Harris joke, so it's trying to do that. But yes, folks, we are here. You know, what is this now? The third week of our special edition of Quarantine Radio, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know. <laughs> it's for all nerds. The name has not changed. We're not yeah. Quarantine Radio. No, the, the name has not changed. We are still for all nerds. We are still in our estate pod, still making it, still bringing you, you know, the best, as we are told, in geek and pop culture from the perspective of people of color, still as always, what, what was my favorite, what we could call that time? Um, professional as fuck. There yes. we go. As always, thank you for listening, everybody out there. I hope you're doing well. We know this is a crazy, wicked, wild time out there, but we're going to keep bringing you this show and keep bringing you love and hope and light and everything else that goes on in you know this spaceship every week you sound better than i mean i always sound better you know once we start the show my this show is part of my therapy every week pretty much you know i have uh for real therapy coming up a little later once i step off the spaceship 
Love but, it. Yeah, this is actually part of my therapy every week to do this show. It is a blessing. And, you know, just hearing your voice and, you know, being in the spaceship with you always makes me happier. So there we go. Oh, big brother. Love yeah, you. You know how hey. it goes. You know, I can't, be, I can't, I can't, I, you know, and I can't sit here and be like, Rawr! you know, when I'm on the spaceship, I got people listening. You know, I do that when we're off there, Tatiana, you know, that's what I mean. Off there, I'm like, ah, fuck the world. Then right. I come on there and I'm like, hey, everybody, you know. Right. Yeah. I will have everybody know that I am, um, and really because of Ben, I mean, I'm currently engaged in the 21-day meditation mm. program um, brought to you by, so brought to you by, like, you know, he's a podcaster, but brought to you by Deepak Chopra. Yep. And I'm on day, or just completed day 15, yep. and it has really been transformative. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to share that with everyone because I think that may have been one of the ways of or we mentioned coping or or yep. or and and really i want to also make it more positive it's really flourishing because meditation helps you not only just be still and, and still your thoughts and all that you know typical stuff you hear but it also helps you give you a deeper dive into how you think how you think about the world how you think about yourself how you think about others mm-hmm. and it it really has been opening up a lot of pathways mentally and emotionally that I didn't realize were there. And it, it's just giving me more of a way to, to, you know, just be a better person. And mm-hmm. also, you know, that Rona is, is also helping because, because I have now, I'm trying to focus more on myself. I'm trying to eat differently, work out all that other stuff, but you know, just as important as your mental. So this program has been really amazing and I want to thank you for putting me on it. Oh no, you're so welcome. And I, I encourage anyone like, this is my first real, uh, what is it, like, you know, I've known the name of Deepak forever, Deepak, I'm, I know I'm butchering it, but <laughs> this is the first time I've ever really, like, listened to his stuff or, you know, been, read any of his teachings or his thoughts or anything, and I really enjoy it. Like, this is my second time, I'm now leading the meditation group, I was led through one before, and I'm leading it, and it's been really dope for me as well, and I'm going to do it immediately again a third time when this is done, because... I just like the not only the meditation, but also the tasks that go along with the meditation every day have been really helpful for me. So I would also encourage yeah. everyone, Google it. You know, it's easy to find. You can do the 21-day meditation on your own, or you can run a group with your friends. Yeah. You know, it's real simple. You just basically send a text out every day to people, and, you know, that's all you have to do. And then, boom, you can do the meditation with your friends or with, you know, whoever. It don't matter. Yeah. And it's really helped me a lot, too, and, like, you know... My co-host said it's also doing it for her. So I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. That's really dope because I'm glad that other people are getting what I got out of it. Because I was, I'll tell you, I was down in Jamaica, like sitting in Jamaica on the beach, you know, doing your third eye open, like doing one of the tasks, (laughs) like sitting there, like writing in my notebook, you know, on the beach, writing in my notebook, doing this task because that's how much it meant to me and that's how much it was helping me. So, yeah. Big facts, big facts. And you know, like you mentioned, the tasks are actually really amazing. I mean, I'm we're both writers, so and I, you know, I often feel roadblocks to writing creatively mm-hmm. or otherwise, but this has really helped me to explore my my own blocks yep. and like get past it. So it's 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 very helpful. I recommend it to people who want to try it. Um, not pushing it on you, just letting you know that it is something that could be helpful. Word up. And like we say, this is also, you know, we're bringing you all that positive energy and all that good love and light. But this is also, for all nerds, the show of geek <laughs> culture. Yes. And, you know, even though the news has pretty much slowed down considerably due to that Rona, 
there's still a little bit. And sadly, uh, Sony has decided to push back their entire production and release dates from everything. Oh, releases too? Yeah, like everything. Everything. So basically anything that you thought that Sony was dropping this year, such as Morbius, Ghostbusters, Uncharted with Tom Holland. I didn't think that was dropping this year, but if it was dropping next year, it don't matter. It's down pushback as well. Right. All of that is is right. done. Yeah. So no, this is, no Morbius this summer. No nothing. Yeah. This is happening across the board in Hollywood mm. for for studios and production companies everywhere. What does this mean for the Oscars of twenty the, the, the what the twenty twenty wow. Oscars, which is which is which is reflect and, and not just Oscars, all of award seasons. Because at this point, the the, the biggest thing that popped was like. Invisible Man. Ooh. And that's cool, but but you know, a lot of times it's not like a that lot of snobs. No movie a lot yet. of snobs will say it's not Oscar worthy or it's it's not indicative of what you've seen in Oscar. But also, is that a problem? Like, and I mean this not in movies that are obviously No, I just, I just thought Right, right, right. Well, I don't I'm, think the movie I'm just is about that to good. say the movie the movie is entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it was very entertaining. Yeah. Also, besides movies that are obviously bad what about these types of movies who may not have gotten this type of uh, I guess attention in a typical you know release schedule when we're not dealing with any you know a pandemic like like how does this affect things like does does this mean are they gonna have Oscars is there gonna be I mean for the record things are still coming out like even though South by Southwest was canceled if and we were one of those people if you were part of the press uh, that was approved for a film you got to see um, or some. at least they, pro- yeah, you got you. Pro- they provided some of the uh, of the shorts and and films and all that stuff for you to view, and it was for a limited time. But you you did get some of that, and I hope that they will continue that. Not just South by, but other people just continue allowing us to see these films and see these bodies of work. Is that going to be enough for the Oscars, or are they going to be like you know fuck it? And not just again, not just the Oscars, just award season in general. I mean, even we talk about the Image Awards, we're just talking about everything. What happens? Well, um, I don't think those will be affected as much. You know, that's the mm. thing. Because I think that the big effect of this is going to be what we're seeing now, the summer movies. You know, that this is going to be a really interesting summer. Like, even if the Rona is pushed, you know, if the Rona gets pushed back, if everybody obeys everything, you know, and we're out of the real danger by, you know, four, three months, you know, by the time summer hits, let's say. You know, there's not going to be many movies in theaters. Like Wonder Woman is still holding on to July. They're mm. still hoping that, you know, everything clears up and they can get, you know, people in theaters in July. But right now, that is, even if that does happen, you know, Wonder Woman might clean up because that might be the only big movie. That's what I'm saying. Like, Sony has said, no, whatever. We're just pushing back. I think Morbius for July. And they said that's going to next year now. So they're right. just, they've just accepted that this year is a wash for them and they're not going to put these movies in theaters this year. Well, you know, and that just reminds me of what we always talk about, how for a lot of these awards, it's a popularity contest. Well, what happens when the popularity is not as uh, apparent? Oh, but see, that's what I was saying. Like, uh, I think this affects the summer movies, but award season movies are usually released really close to the awards. Oh, like, really? Oh, yeah. is that so that you have it more fresh in your mind? Yes, straight up and down. Oh, and, and, I, and I would think it's also tied to like things like Sundance, TIFF, all of well, those Well, yeah, see, some of those do, you know, a little early, but then like for general release, they get dropped in like October, November, December, mm. right before, you know, they have to go in. So the, a lot of movies will get dropped like the week before even just so they qualify 
But they've already been seen at places like Sundance and all those things. So the critics already are like, oh, yeah, that's the movie I'm going to vote for. And then they'll just, you know, they drop a weekend or they just, ha- you know, as long as you're in theaters for a week or a weekend or whatever, you can qualify to be in these. Most that's of these it? Awards. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, like, sometimes I have a real limited the- theatrical release. That's why you'll see some of these movies only open in New York and L.A. So that that way, you know, the critics, you know, see them. And then they'll put them out digital, whatever, you know, two weeks later. But they don't, you know, because you can't, it costs a lot to get your movie in a lot of theaters. But, yeah, to answer your question, I don't think that's really going to affect the Oscars and stuff as much. Because, one, Morbius, you know, come on now. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Some of the movies wouldn't have got no play regardless, right? Like, we all know how they feel about superhero movies, quote, yeah. unquote. Uh, comic book movies, quote, unquote. But, yeah, yeah. But still, but I also, on the other, you know, on the other side of things, it's like, well, Will this new time then be, may, help make movies like this more relevant, at mm. least in the eyes of those critics who would normally eschew those types of movies? Doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, on top of that, you, you put such a pretty little sentence together. Yeah. The answer is no. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, it sounds real good, you know, but it's just like haters going to hate, you know? And, Damn. Yeah, I just don't, I don't see that. You know, I don't see that. The, it's just like one of the things, like, I think the bigger question that I that really comes from your question that I think is really being asked is like, will this affect everything? And the answer is yes. And so like, yeah, it's will it affect the Oscars? Like, are people going to come together and really want to sit in a theater and watch these, you know, vapid ass people, you know, feel good about themselves after all of this? You know, that's the thing. There's a lot of societal change that yeah. we might, may or may not see from these things. But also, will people want to come together and just, you know, have that, evening of watching these people that we all know and love for one reason or another and just oh you know yes probably that too right you know (sighs) well you know who else is hoping we still come together uh san diego comic-con they they can hope (laughs) (laughs) san San diego (laughs) comic-con is hoping and wishing and praying and thinking um, they released a tweet today um saying you know to our amazing comic-con and wondercon fans we understand how difficult it is continued on you know no one is as hopeful as we are that we'd be able to celebrate san diego comic-con 2020 together come late july um i don't know fam here's the thing stuff in july has already been canceled moved to october stuff in june as we already know has has you know bit the dust so i i don't know yo I don't think this is happening. Yeah. I mean, mean, you know, and also for me personally, it's a balance between being um, hopeful and realistic. Yeah. And I, and I lean towards realism a Mm -hmm. a lot more. Um, Me too. You know, this is not a negative thing. It's just like, ah, let's Leah. I guess not. How do I put this? Not making yourself like you're real excited and then it doesn't happen. I like, okay. Let's say there was, Let's say in June there was no new cases of coronavirus in the U.S. Like none in June. Let's just say that, right? That's 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 wildly optimistic. Mathematically impossible. Okay, but let's just say there were. There's still no goddamn way I'd be at uh, San Diego Comic Con in July. (laughs) Like I might, I might be at New York Comic Con in October. You know, there was none in June. But might you heard the word might? What's the difference, man? Because on both cons, people from all over the world attend. And just because they may not be, if you say, you know, if, if, if the, mm. the mathematical impossibility that is none in the U.S., mm, the damn. people from other places still coming in. So what do you mean? Mm. Silent carriers? What do you mean? <laughs> mm, yeah, tight on y'all. Yeah, ew, New York Comic Con. Oh, damn. 
Damn now, wait a minute. It. I have real optimism for October. Now, we, we let's have, at least for me. Yeah. I have optimism for October. I, I can have optimism for that. I can, I can hope something, you know. Right. Oof. I'm, I'm not going to hold you, but the summer ain't looking that tough. Like, no. ugh. Yeah. Ah. And that's the thing. I, I want to say this real quick before we end this segment. Um, this is something I was thinking about today, and I actually read uh, somebody had a great quote about it, but this is something I could really relate to. It's like, when I got locked up, right, um, for those who don't know, I was locked up in Dubai for a year, basically. But when I first got locked up, I was sentenced to four years, right? Mm-hmm. And they tell you immediately as soon as you get there, they're like, oh, don't worry, man, don't stress it. You know, the what happens here is every few months they give a pardon and everybody goes home, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't know when it is. So this is what starts happening. You'll be like, okay, well, I'll be home by Christmas. And then Christmas comes and you're not home. And I was in a really unique situation there where we were there for a year where it didn't come every few months because of all kind of random shit that's too long to get into. But what ha- what happened is I would see people be like, okay, I'm going to be home by this day. And then that day would come and go and then they'd be sick. And so that's what I don't want people to get into. You know, like that's the thing to... Get through this. One way to get through this, I feel, that really helps people is not to put a date on things, not to be like, yo, I need this. Yo, my birthday got to be lit. You know, I can't be sitting in the house on my birthday. Yo, I can't be sitting in the house on, you know, May 1st. Yo, first day of summer, I got to be. No, you know, it's like, nah, man, just, you know, take it day by day. Right. You know, and don't look forward to some date. You know, look forward to today. Look forward to getting through today. Look forward to being happy and healthy and everything else, you know, that we keep talking about counting your blessings for today. Because that's all that really matters. And take it from someone who's been in that experience. Like, it took me a year. And I was told every day of that experience that pretty fucking much tomorrow would be the day. Mm. You know, every day somebody had a different rumor about when we were getting it. Oh, well, this will be this. Every, I mean, 30 different rumors pretty much. And none of them proved to be true. Because when I did get out, it came randomly out of nowhere. And none of us knew it was coming. You know, so that's what I'm saying. It's pro- it might be the same type of situation here, and I want people to be able to maintain because, you know, we all got to make it through this, y'all. You know, this ain't the worst thing. We we got a really fire-ass interview that's really going to shed a lot more light on this subject mm-hmm. and, you know, everything else about this whole coronavirus. But, you know, that's Yo. for me personally. I just want y'all to understand, like, you know, hold your head, make it through each day. Count your blessings on each day. And, you know, we're going to be all right. Absolutely. Big facts. Mm -hmm. And like you said, we have an incredible guest for this show. Please, please listen up to this episode. If you listen to no other episode, this is the one you absolutely need to listen to. Get your moms, get your father, get your babies to listen because you're going to get some fantastic information, some useful information, and some accurate information. Word up. And you'll get that right after we take this quick break. Hey guys, it's Allison Williams. I'm an actor, and when I am not scaring people on screen, I am hanging out with For All Nerds and listening to their show. Hey guys, this is Rod and Karen of the Blackout Tales podcast, and when we are doing one of our mini podcasts, yes, we are listening to For All Nerds. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Asante, one-third of the Friend Zone, and when I am not smoking pot or playing Shinobi Striker, I am listening to For All Nerds. Tune in. What's up, everybody? This is Chuck Creekmer, a.k.a. Jigsaw from AllHipHop.com. And when I'm not placing my heavy hand on the world of hip-hop culture, I'm watching for all nerds. 
Hey, this is Logan Browning, and when I'm not trying to take over Netflix, I'm listening to for all of us. Yo, what up? This is Yahya Abdul-Mateen the second I play Black Manta in the Aquaman movies. And when I'm not getting around the city, I'm chilling, listening to For All Nerds. What's up, y'all? This is Ann Steven Harris, fire artist, co-creator of Aztec, fire artist on Ajala, The Fringe, Michael Cray, Watson the Homes, don't forget Watson the Homes, award winner of Watson the Homes, Glyph Award, Eyes are nominated. When I'm not drawing, I am listening to For All Nerds. Check it. Hey, I'm Malcolm Lee, director of Night School, and when I'm not directing, writing, and producing, and editing and spending time with my kids, I'm listening to For All Nerds. Hey, this is Pamela Ribbon, and when I'm not writing things like My Boyfriend is a Bear or Ralph Breaks the Internet, I am listening to For All Nerds. Yo, what's up? This is Chico Leo, and when I'm not leading an Athenian revolt in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I'm listening to For All Nerds. Today we welcome C. Brandon Obunu, a.k.a. Vaccine Waters. Brandon is a professor at Brown University and a scientist that studies epidemics, genetics, and related topics. He also writes for various outlets on science, culture, race, and pop culture in general. You can find him on Wired Magazine, The Undefeated, which is part of ESPN. He's been featured and appeared on PBS web series, Finding Your Roots. And, of course, he is a 2002 graduate of Howard University, HU. You know. Brandon, welcome to the spaceship. Uh, thank you for having me. You have no idea how honored and privileged I am to be, to be sharing this space with you all. Uh, really, really, <laughs> under these circumstances, you, you, you all bring a, a lot of joy to a lot of lives. So, uh, really, really glad to Aww. be here. Oh, thank you so much. And, you know, we're excited that you're here, too, because you're also a listener and part of the fan fam. Indeed. Indeed. I mean, I just I, I love what you do for the culture. And I think, uh, you know, I'm a part of that culture, even in the science side, as you know, these these kind of worlds intersect in a lot of ways. So, uh, uh, again, really, really happy to be here. Thank you for being here. Definitely. Definitely. So, Brandon, I have shared your background, a quick brief of your background, but I really want people to get to know who you are. Uh, like, where are you from? Yeah, uh, born in born in New York City, raised um, in in Yonkers, just outside of New York City. Uh, you know, oh, so, you know, uh, single mother home, African American woman, and went to Howard, studied chemistry and mathematics uh, there. And you know, I've been been in the science since I was young. Um, and mm. you know, I think I've kind of again nerd culture and geek culture has been a part of my identity since very very young, and I kind of have rode this, you know, train parallel with my formal work and then kind of outside of my formal work with comics and sci-fi and all of that. Now I'm a professor. Uh, I teach genetics and I teach mathematical biology and I teach computer science and I teach these uh, uh, ideas to to people. And I also run a research lab where we study things like diseases, like epidemics, like COVID-19, try to understand Mm kind of how they evolve and change and what we can do to better kind of prevent and treat them. So that's kind of where most of my work lives now. Uh, in addition to that, I do a lot of writing about the intersection between uh, science and culture. I wrote about race uh, quite a bit, and I write about society and, and data and data science and, and what have you. You're a great person to interview because all I said was, where are you from? You gave me your whole story. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But that being said, like, what got you into science? Like, you said that you've 
you've been interested in it your whole life and it's always run parallel to your interests, like your personal interests. Why did you decide to go into that as a major and study it in school? Yeah, um, I mean, I think uh, it started it started pretty early with me. I mean, I'm I'm just like a, a, a ver- like many of us. I'm just kind of like a lesser version of my mother in a lot of ways. And I feel like she would have been a scientist in another generation if she had more opportunities. So I think she kind of she taught math and stuff like that growing up. So she kind of had that, and she kind of passed that one directly to me. And I think from very very early. And then you know she was also a Trekkie. So I think the you know the, the oh yeah no hey. doubt I'm mean, early like a black woman in like the you know 60s and 70s rocking with it and I think um you know that was a big part of who I was so the notion that you know being smart and doing interesting and scientific and quirky things was something that was a a part of my identity was always all right I never had to struggle between being cool and being on the block and that mm-hmm. those two things always worked kind of hand in hand for me and you know here I am Oh, you're a cool nerd. That's it. Well, I don't know about all you know. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> you fit in. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what y'all with think. that crowd. I mean, I ain't y'all, but you know, y'all like oh, y'all like no, the top. No, see, <laughs> nah, but see, that's a damn lie because I always had to struggle with it. Mm. There was never a time, especially when I was a kid, I was not cool. Mm. You know, I was definitely a hardcore. You know, yeah, considered by others. You're a comic book like, guy, Ben. Yeah, by other people, people would look at me like, oh, that's that nerd. I, I you feel know, it. it wasn't like, you know, yeah, there was none of that like, oh, that's that cool nerd. No. I, I feel it. No. I feel no, it. Here's, here's no. what I say about the way I've always landed socially, and it was really important for me, is I was always the nerdiest dude in the group of cool kids, which was a great place to be. You know what I'm saying? So I got yes. a lot of the benefits okay. of being cool, but I always also got the benefits, you know what I mean? But I didn't have to like play up I didn't have to do ignorant stuff you know what I'm saying so they showed me love and even at Howard you know what I'm saying like my I definitely roll with dudes who I was the lamest one of all of them um but I got yeah. a lot of love I think that's that that kind of helped me balance it that was my Howard experience mm-hmm. see I, I played myself before Howard and just hung with you know my birds of my own feather and yeah it was a bunch of dorks walking around it didn't really look yeah we was not <laughs> <laughs> it was not what was popping that's what's up, though. I mean, I, I, I just wanted you to share that because a lot of people got to understand, like, regardless of all the expertise and all the stuff, we're all just regular people and we're just doing things that we love. Indeed. Indeed. We all got a role to play in all these issues. And uh, no, right, right. Definitely. So you had mentioned it. Uh, you mentioned being into, you know, being into science and, and quirky things. And mm-hmm. we're in a very scientific and quirky time. Mm-hmm. Um, putting it very lightly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to be very positive. Count my blessings, right, Ben? I mean, um, <laughs> I'm trying, but you know, trying. I, if you could, like, everyone seems to kind of, I would say maybe 60 percent. Everyone understands what's happening now, right mm-hmm. now, what's going on. Could you just provide a primer to just the regular person walking down the street? Sure. W- what is going on right now? What is COVID? What's happening? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm happy to do that. And I think what makes this situation so fascinating and unprecedented for us, even as experts, is, you know, it's kind of like live tweeting an epidemic where, you know, you you live tweet a show and then, you know, something happens and then you look back on your tweet from five minutes ago and you're like, well, that was wrong. Let me delete that, you know. (laughs) And I think that's the, you know. Thanks, thanks, bro. That's the, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? You know, y'all watch Westworld. Y'all, y'all watch Westworld, so you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, um, oh, yeah. but <laughs> but I think this is a, an example of that. Like, I mean, I you know, I give seminars on this. I just gave a seminar today to a bunch of physicists, and like the data I had from two weeks ago is old. You know, and I think wow. we, you know mm. our, our identity. What we understand about this thing is changing rapidly, and I think that's 
part of what makes this right frustrating, but that's also what makes this kind of beautiful in a way. And so what I'm saying is, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you some things, but really mm-hmm. we are all still figuring out the basics. Number okay. one, you're right. These are right. We are. They are. There are things daily. A new manuscript comes out. My group is working on things that we think are relevant. We that's that's one of the spirits of this thing is that we're still learning every single day the way this works. Now, COVID-19 is the name given to the disease caused by this novel, this new coronavirus, uh, which is a part of family of like, large family of viruses that causes a lot of different uh, ailments, including SARS, the, you know, the first SARS uh, mm-hmm. from the early 2000s. But this SARS virus is called SARS-CoV-2, and that's the name of the virus. Um, it causes in a subset of people this really kind of, you know, severe respiratory illness um, that is kind of fatal in a good percentage of people. Um, and right. I think in terms of the way it works, it's not so much unlike the SARS disease from the early 2000s, but it's a kind of really, really serious um, respiratory illness. Now, what makes this thing kind of intriguing from a medical perspective is that it's got this unique set of characteristics. What mm-hmm. makes, right, it, it's it's kind of like... a so, for example, um, the you know it, it is it is very very dangerous and lethal, but not in everyone, right? It has this right. very kind of unusual age structure. So, whereas influenza has what we would call a U-shaped risk, where young people and older people are generally we're the ones we fear with influenza. And this, it's generally speaking, just goes up with age. The older you are, right, the more at risk you are for serious disease. Now that said, there are a lot of older folks who are just fine. Right, and I think that's the story of this, right, of, of SARS-CoV-2. It's, we think we know something, and when you look further, there's a lot of variation and a lot of noise, and we're like, why, why, why is it that so many people aren't getting symptoms? So we, right. right, and a lot, a lot of confusing little things that, that we're trying to disentangle. So many people are able to transmit this thing, we believe, without any symptoms at all, you know, and understanding why that is continues to be a challenge, and that's one of the reasons why this is such a big problem. It's a lot. But now, can you answer this question for me? Sure. Because everyone keeps using this term and everyone understands it in different ways or maybe really not. What exactly is a virus? Oh, so a virus. Oh. And novel. Because people, novel. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, you know, obviously people know by new, yep. but I think when people throw that term with novel, novel coronavirus, yeah. it makes it sound like that's all part, you know, like that's its title. Yep. And so I think that really throws people no, off No, thank well. you. Thank you for that. So a um, couple things. So look, we'll get to the we'll, we'll get to what a virus is first, then we'll get to the, the naming stuff. So um, a virus, uh, you know, a famous biologist, British biologist said it best. He said uh, a virus is a, a Sir Peter Metterwar said a virus is a, a piece of bad news wrapped in protein. Mm, OK. And <laughs> that's a really dope way to put it, because the thing about a virus is it's not by our definitions a living thing. Okay. okay. It has biological like characteristics, but it is not a cell. It does not obey the cell theory. It's not right. It is its own kind of independent replicating piece of information that's covered in a right, a protein coat of some kind and mm-hmm. it infects all kinds of life. It must it need, it requires another living thing in order to survive and live uh as far as we mm. know. And so it's a, it, 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 it's a parasitic thing, and it is, they are vastly different from one another. So you take like HIV, and you take, right, you take SARS, you take Ebola. Those are so different from one another in many, many ways that they're almost unrecognizably, you know, they have nothing in common. And that's what makes viruses so intimidating. Um, with regards to the question about novel, yeah, I think that's another thing about this being so new. 
the naming of this virus has changed during the core over the last few, uh, you know, really last couple months. I mean, at yeah, first, I'm, right? yeah, I mean, in my community is called that Rona. So. That Rona. And, you know, I like that. That's as you know what, <laughs> frankly, that's my community, too. And that's that's as scientific and correct as anything. But we'll, we'll likely end up somewhere else in a few months. Um, but it's a, this is a new coronavirus. It's one that we don't believe Homo sapiens has seen at a high level before. Um, mm. It is closely related to SARS-CoV-1, which, you know, which caused the first kind of SARS global outbreak in the uh, early 2000s. But it's this new, and I think we haven't really dealt with this on this scale, and that's where you get novel coronavirus from. Uh, but oh. that's not, it's not that precise, like, uh, like Benjamin pointed out. It's not like really, really right. a precise way to discuss it, but commonly that's how we refer to it. Well, you know, what's interesting because when all of these other, I guess, I don't know if they ended up being pandemics, but the other epidemics and or pandemics mm -hmm. happened that you just referenced. I don't recall, and, and I don't know, maybe because I was younger, I just never recalled it being this panic and mm -hmm. this, this kind of air of fear, no matter, like air of fear and, and, and perhaps more so fear of the unknown mm -hmm. so the swine flu hit pretty hard but it didn't it was, break it was out more, either it was and what i mean is like it was like first of all we weren't locked down in our houses because of it i don't recall but that. that's what i'm saying it, it didn't in break america. out mm -hmm. in it america. Didn't, yeah in america it didn't become a pandemic no. so, you know right but the but the fear of the swine flu because that shit was knocking mm -hmm. people out like you know that's the thing if it had become like this It'd be a, yeah, it'd right. be a, I mean, but yeah. And also, uh, just to clarify some terms that we've also been using, there's a difference between saying an epidemic and a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so there's a lot, you know, a lot of, a lot of really good questions there. Um, so pandemic and epidemic. Pandemic is when a disease, really, it's, it's about its global character and when you have transmission events independently in different parts of the world, when it's spreading on its own in different parts of the world. Um, is when kind of an epidemic, which is just kind of a localized outbreak of things that's caught on, mm -hmm. uh, becomes a pandemic. And that's where it becomes, you know, a global concern rather than a local one. Now, with regards to why we're bugging out about this one in particular, right, that's a great question. So, for mm -hmm. example, like Ebola is much more lethal, right, mm -hmm. than this, right? And this, there are many, many, many pathogens that have been more lethal, right, than this, uh, you know, than, than SARS-CoV-2. The issue is that how fast it's able to get around, right? I think is the main mm -hmm. thing. This thing has taken over the globe in a in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. And even though so many people don't have symptoms, it's actually quite lethal. It's significantly ten times more than, depending on what estimations you use, ten, at least ten times more than influenza, seasonal influenza. So it is very, very lethal, and that's true at every age group. About, just right. about. That's true at just about every age. It is more lethal at almost every age group. I think infants and, you know, toddlers, we're, we're still sorting out the story there. We think we had our first infant death, actually, due to SARS-CoV-2 recently. So we're still sorting out some of the data there. But it is quite lethal. So when you compare a lethality of about 1%, right, which is, you might have heard this term, case fatality rate. That basically just means how many people it kills who have it, mm. right? And about 1%, that doesn't seem like a lot, but that's one out of 100 um, that, which is quite, quite high. So when you combine that, right, with um, with the fact that it gets around pretty well, right, it has no problem transmitting, you have a recipe for a lot of pain. 
Now, what's interesting is part of the, the mind, you know what, of this disease is that it doesn't cause a weird, it's not liquefying organs, it's not causing a flesh-eating bacteria, it's not causing <laughs> these crazy symptoms that like, you know, Ebola has some really, really bad symptoms. It causes a disease that's kind of like, wait a minute, do I have this or not? Hmm. Mm, exactly. Is this, a, hmm, is this sniffle? What's this? And, and this is why we still have people spring breaking thinking exactly, sweet. Exactly. Why it's sweet right now? It's the lack of clarity in the way this thing caused diseases that's part of what gives us this anxiety. Um, and that it's almost like, it's almost, I mean, in a weird way, we'd be more comfortable if it just caused worse disease all the time. <laughs> because we would know what to do. we know what to do right. in the case of Ebola. Now with this, it's kind of like, uh, do we tell people to social distance or not? Uh, do we close the school or not? Mm, closing the school, does, it causes all of these deeply difficult decisions because of the widely varying experience that people have with the disease. Mm, and, and, you know, that also reminds me of what you just said a few minutes ago, where you as a community of experts, you all also have differing uh, opinions and ever ch and I don't want to say ever changing, but as you guys learn more about the virus, it seems like you guys give different um advice as to how to deal with it yeah yeah i mean i think part of the issue and i'm actually working on a project where i'm writing about this part of part of the issue that this disease has revealed a lot of things about society right yes. um and there and we can go there um uh, and because that relates to the answer to your question um about what an expert actually is <laughs> and who an expert actually is like, oh right? man um, who, who are you <laughs> supposed to be listening to and i think this comes up all the time this comes up with everything you know uh, it's just worse it's now. just it worse really now it just reveals this a in a very very yeah. clear way it shines light on it like you said um and so for that reason you have all kinds of conflicting advice even from experts like you know they, they, there's there's you know and i and you know you have for example the issue about masks, right, yes. is, a, is a good one, right? Now, early on, there was this advice that came from the top, right, from people, officials of the CDC about, not, you know, ma you know, not not using masks. Mask, you know, I, I don't want to misquote, but basically, it definitely uh, did not give masks its central place as a potential effective piece of technology. And I guess the idea there was that people would hoard them, and I guess we all saw what happened at, at Target with the toilet paper. So right. I understand but why. We didn't want people. See, now here's the thing. I understand why, but also communication, words mean things, right? Totally. Communication is very key. The, 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 the method of communication is very key to how people will take it. So the way that I, and I know I'm not the only one, the way in the beginning that they've been expressing about who should be wearing a mask and who should not, they made it seem like that if you were wearing a mask that you were stupid, and right. it, it almost felt like you almost felt uh, uh, right. kind of lamb lambasted yep. a little bit if if you felt like oh I need to go wear a mask. Now the tune is changing. Totally. So I mean the data are still kind of we're, we're still studying this and but there's been a bunch of good studies on masks in for influenza and I think that's another thing like you know influenza really is the thing that we've based a lot of our understanding around infectious diseases of this kind around and there are some things that overlap nicely. And there's some things that do not, right? But I think the mask thing is is one that probably does, and it does help. It, even like a not perfect mask does stop some, right? Um, you know, transmission. I think here's the fear, and here's why I'll empathize with the. I don't want to empathize, but I'll understand where they came from, right? We don't. What we don't want is people wearing masks and not doing the other things. Right. Right. We don't want people wearing masks and not washing their hands. We don't want people wearing masks and and and, and stopping with the social distancing, you know, uh, practices. 
it, it really does take all of those activities, right? The social distancing is key. The self-quarantining is key. Identifying contacts for people who had diseases, that's key. That's the thing that's really going to drive this thing down. Now, that said, right, are masks effective? Probably. In fact, if you look at the – there's a big debate right now. Like I said, this is still yeah. being discussed. Look at the countries that had that have kicked this thing in the teeth. And I know there's a lot of debate about whether or not we can trust the Chinese data. But let's just look at Singapore and, 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 and Korea and Japan and these other countries – Right. Like those are countries where like wearing masks is kind of a normal part of the culture, whether it be be because of air quality or because of their experience with infectious disease. That's just normal part of the culture there. Right. Um, Right. And I'm used to seeing that. Like anytime there's a news story, like if someone's doing news in the street there, there, you can always spot someone wearing a mask for the very reasons you stated. That's right. That's right. And I think to your point, uh, Tatiana, it's like I think in the future, you know, this will leave a big cultural imprint on society and i think one of them will well, i predict you'll no, we'll no longer kind of look at those people sideways we, we might right we might be wearing them ourselves i don't mean we'll be wearing them all the time right but if for example you know we've all had colds and gone to work i, I feel like i heard episodes where one of y'all had a cold you know what i'm saying yep. and <laughs> and that's all good right but and, and yet we go oh don't be near me i'm not gonna give you a hug like we, we do take our kind of social precautions but masks might be the way now. When I got a cold, I'm going to work. I'm going to throw a mask on. Like, it, it really might become a part of our um, our social kind of, uh, you know, uh, etiquette uh, around illness. So, right, so in that, America. Yeah, in America, hopefully. Right, right. So, are we going to get, like, bejeweled masks and stuff like that? I mean, I mean well, already, right? <laughs> you know already. it. Already. You <laughs> got yeah. cats. You got cats. My man from Project Runway was talking about uh, you know, designing masks right away. Yeah, yeah, Christian Siriano. <laughs> That's right. But, see, but he's making like like up to code masks, not just you know fashion masks. And but you know, and I, right, we gonna take it another level. Oh, they're like, already come on. But now. Listen, they've already taken level level. I've already. seen TikToks where they've been putting whole full face makeup on it and doing all this other stuff. And that just comes to another question I have. You know, what is the efficacy of masks and mm-hmm. is all these, you know, designs and jewels and makeup and crap, <sighs> is that destroying the efficacy? Well, no, it's a great question, right? So, uh, you know, you don't want the mask to miss the point, And that is you're supposed to be preventing the transmission of these particles. Now, the idea behind masks is that um, the body generates when it coughs, when it sneezes, right? This kind of like this, this you know, you, you know, this, this, these droplets, Right. Right. And in these droplets, right, viruses can live. And that's kind of one of the ways they get around and up to six to 10 feet. They travel and there's a lot of kind of interesting work going on on how far they travel and what have you. Um, And the the N95 masks that you might have heard of, um, those are very, very effective at blocking particles, fluid particles of a certain Mm -hmm. diameter. And then that diameter is you know is 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 one where it, it, 95% of particles of a certain diameter it blocks and it turns out that those particles that size is kind of the size of particles that we tend to see droplets that we see viruses traveling in so we think it is pretty effective the other kind of masks are surgical masks which are a little bit different but they're also effective at blocking something so across the board masks you know are effective to some degree how much so i think will to be debated now i think if you take an n95 mask that's perfectly fine on the inside and you throw some rims on it so to speak or whatever <laughs> you know I, I don't see a problem with that Pit uh, my, my mask you know you, i don't see any problem with that with regards to uh it, it kind of doing what it's supposed to be doing so i think i think i think that okay, might be so a thing I, so I can have my designer dior mask thank you yeah i mean you know as long as, as, long as the, the 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 mechanics inside are good 
Yeah, no, nah, I mean, I think we, you know, I, I, you know how black people are. I can see us go, taking this out of control. You know what I'm saying? This, I, I've, I, I, I mean, we, you know, we already are taking it out of control. My man's is actually working on uh, 3D printing a Bane mask that oh, he can no doubt. put. The, oh, that's the filter. No, that's dope. Yeah, that, that you can put the N95 filter into it. Oh, but, I thought he was gonna say voice filter too. Like, whoa, he's gonna have the voice. <laughs> I mean, why not? Ooh. You know, if we're going to do it, you know, I'm shit, need to get, you, you know. Need you need to go ahead and yeah. run ahead and patent, copyright patent that joint and make, it, make some dollars off of that. I mean, you know, so that begs the question. Is, is this, this the time for fear, Bafa? You know, like. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so ready to do that. Quote. Wow, I can't believe that worked. Yo. Yo, yeah. He was so ready to do that quote. That's nah. all. If he could just do bang quotes all day, that was what he I love it. I love it. Nah, it's gonna oh, get. Wow. I mean, cats gonna be out here wearing helmets. It's gonna. It's gonna get. Wait, I've gonna, already <laughs> seen it. Okay, so, so so. But no, but that is wait. That is my question. Is this it. the time for fear? For fear, like you know, yes, you know, is this the time for fear, doctor? You know, like you know, or is, is or does that come later? As Bane says. Yeah, no, nah, you know? I, I don't know, man. I think uh, let's hope not. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say fear, but like, what type of like? Okay, me and Tatiana were talking about this uh, a few weeks ago, and. She was like, I expected 2020 to have flying cars. Mm. And I was like, well, this ain't as bad as I thought because I expected 2020 to have Terminator. Yeah, mm. when I was a kid in fifth grade, I fully expected the future yeah. TM. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. Yep. So. Nah, I didn't. Well, I fully expected, you know. Well, that's also because you're. Brand and brand, you know, well, the Terminator theme music to be playing. Because yeah, you're, all that. you're ready, hater one, and you're and sometimes <laughs> a pessimist. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm very much an optimist. I just believe in, you know, humanity's uh-huh. ability, especially like this is something I've also talked about. And I saw uh, Michael Harriet, who I really respect, he writes for mm-hmm. The Root. He had an article today about it, about how would the coronavirus cure white supremacy? Mm. And that's always been my mm-hmm. issue. Like, I'm a huge optimist, mm-hmm. but I do not have faith ah. in the mass majority of white men to not H- destroy the planet. Here's my thing. As long as it's tied to capitalism and industry linked, then there's no way. And as long as we're a capitalist society, there's no way. So it is what Well, it is. They, that, that is my issue. And that is why mm. I say I expect the Terminators. Mm. Because I expect, you know, capitalist society and white supremacy to eat itself alive, mm-hmm. which is what it's doing now. And which is what I've said about this virus is like, this is a prime example of the result of, you know, white supremacy mm-hmm. and capitalism. But people aren't seeing that as, no. it, as you know, is it as no, that? No, no, and no. that's my, and so I'm like, oh, well, Terminators are coming because, <laughs> you know, we're not getting wait. it. We're not, we're still not getting it together. But that, I mean, I didn't bejewel my mask yet. You're talking about the I know. <laughs> well, you have to bejewel Terminator soon. Oh, man. When we kill the Terminators and ice it out the strolls afterwards. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, okay, wait, we're wait, always wait. so oh. trifling. Okay, so wait. Let me pump the brakes. Oh. And I'm, I'm going to call you Professor Brandon. Is that okay? You just call me Brandon. Okay, Brandon. Well, can I say Professor? You can, you, you can, you can, absolutely. Or is that some other name you got? <laughs> nah, you know, nah, 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 nah. No, 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 okay. no. It's all good. Okay. I'm just messing with you. Okay, Professor, Ben, I mean, is kind of alluding to something that mm-hmm. I also keep thinking about. You know, this is this is a time of great stress, and people don't know what's going on, and usually lack of information leads to like assumptions mm-hmm. and paranoia and stuff like that. Should we be? What can we do to prepare ourselves? further for the long haul because everyone 
is making it like this one month is the mm-hmm. longest 10 years ever. But this is per this is protracted to last for many, many more months. Mm-hmm. What can we do to just from a health perspective anyway? Yeah. What can we do to get prepared? That's right. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, again, this relates to the social adjust. And in some ways, the social consequences of this will be larger than the medical one, even the medical footprint will be significant. And we will unfortunately lose a lot of people from this. But um um, what you know, what is this going to do for us, and how do we adjust to it long term uh, socially? So, number one, right, we have to think about right, the stuff that you talk about on the show, which is kind of making sure your mental health and and things of this nature are taken care of. That you you know, right. and I think so much of our kind of well being is tied to our connection to others, and now we, these you know these ties are broken all of a sudden overnight. Um, and I think, you know, we really have to make sure that we, we, we stay connected to one another, however we, we can, we, we, we are emotionally connected to the people that we care about, uh, and what have you with regards to kind of society as a whole and how, how are we going to deal with this? Um, you know, a lot of it, like we talked about, this is just revealing a lot of problems that we already had. Um, Mm -hmm. so for example, you know, like, you know, we, we already treated workers bad, and now, right, or you know, and, and people were already we're having problems. Now worse. we're treating them worse. And so, <laughs> yeah, if like... if you wasn't right with your money before, now you're paying for it. And I think you know this is a chance for us to really, really, and particularly as communities of color, right, who are already kind of victimized by a lot of these forces. Gosh, I mean, get, having our money together and 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 sticking together and 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 making sure our health is as good as it is, because again, this is preying on individuals who are already suffering from chronic illness. They have a higher case fatality rate. And individuals who are diabetic and and seriously ill and have lung disease mm-hmm. are, are, are are people who are suffering worse. So the point is, um, the things that we already knew we needed to do for ourselves and our communities, we need to ramp that up in a hurry. Um, and, and that means that, that that goes from everything from whatever, you know, the political changes we want at the institutional and state and federal level to kind of the things that we're putting into our body. Right. So, um, oh, yeah. right. So that, that's, that's how I would quickly say that, like, that's how we're going to get through it. It's the things that we needed to do before, but we were putting off because ah, we'll figure it out or on ah, my dough ain't right or whatever. I'm gonna win the lottery. Now we're paying for that. And I think we'll continue to pay for that if we don't, uh, uh, this is the time to regroup and like rethink our entire approach to living the way we preach. Right. But I, I also got to interject there. Though. It's like we can't also blame the worker. You oh, know, no. For being effed off totally. in a capitalist society. You know, you can't say, well, I'll win the lottery and, you know, my doing right when you're getting less than 15 totally. an hour, you know, and paying taxes on that. Yeah. You know, there's like, yeah, there's a problem. That's my, and that's why I keep going back to, and that's why I keep saying as as much of an optimist as mm-hmm. I am, and I believe in our people's ability to survive anything because obviously we have, you know, we've survived so much worse than this in our history, in our time, but I don't have, you know, I'm worried that the people in power are not seeing that they are going to, you know, that you can't continue these practices and expect the same return. Oh, no, you're, you're totally right. You're, you're Yeah, you're going to get you know, a problem which they see is rising up now, but 
they still are acting the yeah. same. You know, twelve hundred dollars. Like, here's oh, that'll solve your problem. No, you're like, totally right. And I think, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not. This, we're not going to turn this into a presidential conversation, right? Because that's not the point. But the point is, you know, wherever you landed, right? That's why these basic issues about like who has access to health care matter, and that's why these mm-hmm. basic issues about protection for workers matter, and that's why like environmental racism matters. Like we're we're going to see all these things play out. So I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the changes really are structural. Um, so as a scientist mm-hmm. who works on this problem at the molecular level, right, and at the mathematical level, it's important for me to continue to stay engaged at the structural level. Um, and we all we all need to kind of do our homework. You know, there was a question that a few people, well, even, even like a, 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 an <laughs> assumption that a few people have been asking, like, we always hear like the, and, and everyone really sensationalizes it, but maybe not really understands what they means. But they talk about mutation of viruses mm-hmm. and how when that happens, it may become harder to cure, harder to treat. Mm-hmm. Are, are we in a situation where corona can mutate? Has it happened already? And, and what is the thoughts on that? What a great question. Okay. And I think uh, that's, a, that's a great question. It's a very relevant question. And what I mean by a good question is, I mean, you know, viruses, in particular viruses like the coronavirus, viruses like... Uh, like influenza, they are RNA viruses. Their genomes are made of RNA, and typically those have a higher mutation rate. HIV is an RNA virus. So they mutate a lot, right? That's a part. Every time they replicate, they're going to make mutations. And anytime mm-hmm. you have mutations, you conceivably have the possibility of a new form that does something different, okay? And mm-hmm. so by extension, one can ask, oh, no, already is California's SARS-CoV-2 different than Denmark's SARS-CoV-2 different than New York's because this thing is picking up mutations. Now, let right. me let me kind of frame how we think about that as scientists who study this. Let's look at influenza. Now, influenza, and this is what I mean, influenza provides this very kind of good contrast, compared contrast in some ways. In influenza, it actually mutates at a higher rate than SARS-CoV-2. Uh, it has a smaller genome and, 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 and you know, part of the reason why influenza is a, a problem when you need a new shot every year is because you get a new version, <laughs> right, every year because of all mm. of these different ways that it's able to kind of change um, its genetic information. And with influenza, as fast as it changes, and it changes really, really fast, and a lot of mutations accumulate during an influenza season, very rarely, if ever, do you need more than one shot in one season. Generally speaking, one shot does the job. And why is that? Because influenza changes a lot, but it's not like it changes its essential character during a season. It's pretty much influenza. Whereas in influenza, Wisconsin is doing what it does, and that's pretty similar than influenza in New York, which is pretty similar than influenza in Florida. And so we don't necessarily suspect that viruses don't easily and readily change fundamental aspects of themselves like we don't expect in a month or a couple months time that this thing will have mutated and can now get around way 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 easier than it could a month ago so we do not expect that to be the case and there's no evidence that that is happening now now that's something we should be mindful of and i think as we continue to get the sequence the rna sequence for these different viruses we'll always ask that question but i don't think there's any reason to fear that necessarily right now Okay. Okay. And then, you know, you, you mentioned something just now that was very good. The fact that we've had the genetic sequence, a few co- countries have had been working on different vaccines and different ways to really understand the structure of this virus. I, you know, how far off are we for a vaccine at this point? So trials are underway and, um, 
and you know, I mean, the answer is a while, so I would I would put it at a year. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, 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 what I've been you know, reading a good minute. Mm-hmm, what I've been reading is like eighteen to twenty one months, yeah. something out of, out of yeah. Well, it's hard to say. So let me, let's let's talk about the good news. Um, number number one, eighteen months isn't that long. I mean, it's faster than any you know. It, it would be faster than any vaccine, right? Um, you know, I I know yeah. history, right? yeah. but but I mean, it's long because we month, we've been at this for a few weeks now. We like yo, hurry up, you know, get it done. Um, there's a couple. There's some good news. One is that um, the virus seems to be what we call very immunogenic, which means it generates a strong immune response from people. Now, mm. what that means is that's good news for a vaccine because that's what you want a vaccine to do, right? You want a vaccine to stimulate the immune system so that the immune oh. system is like, yo, I'm seeing you. All right. <laughs> and the next time you get infected with that joint, Boom! With influenza, with the flu shot, you get the flu right. shot. It's kind of a weakened. I mean, different, you know, viruses have different types of vaccines, but some of them are weakened versions of the virus. Some of them are pieces of the virus. But it's designed to make the body go, oh, okay, I see that, so that when you do get infected, you you get rid of it. And in order for that to work, the virus has to really trigger a strong immune immunological response, and that so, is true for SARS-CoV-2. So. Uh, what we hope is that this vaccine will turn your immune system into Papu standing on the banister. There you go. All white, Boom. right? All, exactly. Like, yo, something, something yo, this cat is funny. This, you know, this, this, so something, so this, this cat don't sit right with me. You know, let's get <laughs> Man, him, let's get him out of here. Picture, if y'all haven't seen that picture, look that up. Papoose. <laughs> Wearing all white, standing on the banister. Well, that's your immune system. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, I mean yeah, all you had yeah. to do was say Papoose, and I knew the, I knew the <laughs> joke was. <laughs> okay, so that's, so that's, the, that's what we want to that's happen. That's what we want that's to happen. What, mm-hmm. okay. okay. Okay, okay. And we have and reason then, to believe it will. Mm-hmm. We do have reason yes. to believe so it's So we don't, it's not all sunshine and rainbows right now, but it's not like a hopeless cause. No, no, no. And there's a bunch of drugs. I mean, I know, you know, some, some heads of state have talked about these drugs that we can use, and that's crazy. There's not a lot of it. But there are drugs available that we are testing. That's another kind of potential solution. Hey, 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 yeah. hey, hey. We, we don't call those people heads of state over here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right, well, I, mean, I hey, didn't use the name. I mean, I, I'm saying that was my way of not, not, say, not saying the name. Hey, that, that's still, that's still I, too I, much respect. You know what? No doubt. That no fuck doubt. boy over no there doubt. said some there things. There you go. You know, yeah, and yeah, we don't go. listen to him look, anyway. Look, look, Professor Brandon got a job to keep. He can't be talking uh, people. Facts, I mean, you know, facts. yeah, I, you know, I yo, threw it out there. Yo. You said the rest. Don't worry, we'll say it for you. It's fine. Hey, there you go. I respect <laughs> that. So, so you know, um, but there are drugs kind of around that we are testing that also could be useful. There are a lot of antiviral drugs that we use to treat a lot of viral infections, and they very well might be useful uh, against this virus. So there, there's a lot of you know reason to be optimistic about it, which is tied to kind of the general optimism I feel about this thing. Um, and, you know, Benjamin talked about kind of usually optimistic and now not, and there's a lot of reasons to not be. But I'm going to tell you all right now, the pace that science is moving right now is the fastest in the history of the human species ever. Mm. And, wow. the, and the generosity... Well- we we built the nuclear Yo, bomb though. Remember I mean, that? well, I mean, you know, even you no, know, that, that Count was your blessings, that was that man. was pretty impressive. That was that was pretty that was pretty impressive pace. But this is faster, and I think um, oh, and it's in it, its generosity, it's people who are working with no pay, and these are like friends of mine, you know. And mm. wow. seeing this at work, I mean, it really is. You know, my brother, I talked to about this, and he was like, I, I was telling him this. He was like, Yo, this is like this is like the Avengers. You know what I'm saying? Where everybody feels mm. a call. 
and we all just kind of it's not you know we all get together and we fight so people are really really on the front lines trying to figure this thing out so my point is i am optimistic that we'll come up with a solution hopefully that's just before there's been too much loss of life mm. yeah and that that goes back to something you said earlier because i want people to understand that when you were talking about one percent and people are like oh that's not a lot like in the leftovers, it's like the TV show. One hundred forty-four thousand people, right, mm-hmm. disappear, mm-hmm. and people flip the f out. Right. You know, one right. percent of the world's population is a lot right. more than that, folks. Right. Like, I don't. You don't need to do the math. It's ridiculous. You know, and so yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what we well, need. We're to bad avoid. at fra- and everyone's being on bad. Human beings are bad at fractions. <laughs> you know, we're just it, <laughs> yeah. It's the reason why. <laughs> Is the reason why, like the teacher that you had in fourth grade, ended up dictating your career? If you got caught with the bad, maths is hard. If you got caught with the bad fractions teacher, because fractions are abstract. It's just abstract. It's not that intuitive. And I think um, we're bad at being able to be like one percent. What does that actually mean? It's one percent. It's a lot of people. I think you know. But you know, let's let's also think about it this way. You know, that's under certain circumstances. Um, mm-hmm. I expect as we get better at treating this thing and we identify right symptoms and we get more tests and, and that's why we got to flatten the curve and make sure we're not overburdening the healthcare system as people can go and get, get treated for it. You know, I expect that to decrease. So I mm-hmm. expect us to do better as we learn more about this thing and as we, you know, as we, as our workforce is not burdened. So we shouldn't be f- afraid. We just, you know, we just should be very, very mindful and careful. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was saying by that point. I don't want people to be, I like, I never want people to be afraid when I say, you know, it's now well, talk about it. Up, you know, I don't want that. I, what I want is for people to be aware and be responsible, you right. know, and to really, you know, think about what they're doing and really not just, you know, be at foolish, that's you right. know, you know, think in others' best interests, you know, think in the community sense. And we need, and that's something that, Everything that this is doing, I just hope and I pray that people are learning the lessons from. You know, like you said, we got to get more of a community. We got to respect each other. We got to think of each other. You know, we got to realize we're all one on this planet. That's right. And we have to look at each other and act that way, you know. And that's something that I'm hoping people are really learning from this. That's the hope. And I think it's probably, you know, some people are exploiting it for ill and, and opportunism. And, and that's, that's, but I think there's, there's so much good that can come from this. And frankly, I'm going to say something controversial here. This is an awful disease that's going to cause a lot of pain. But I'm going to tell you right now, we might be getting off easy. Mm. No, I keep saying oh, that. That's not awful. You know that's what I'm the saying? Truth. I mean, we might be getting off easy with this. I mean, because the next time it may not be this, you know, it might, it might be worse than this. Um, Yo. Hopefully we learn. Shout out to my brother, DJ Trauma. We were talking about this, like, last week, and I, I was having a day where I was kind of feeling like, oh, this is terrible, you know? I wasn't counting my blessings, as we say. And he was like, man, well, you know, I was watching Bird Bots last night. And I was like, oh! <laughs> you know, when oh you put God. it like that, you know, it ain't like that, you know? Like, he go, okay, you know, well, there, you know, so. What's yeah. the, Count your blessings. Is that the same? That's not the same movie where um they have to wear blindfolds. Like, you, as soon as you look, you start trying to yes, kill yourself? Yes, ma'am. That is Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Okay. So, you know what I mean? It could be a lot worse. All we got to do is stay inside. Like, you know what right. I mean? Okay, like, okay. Ooh. So, wait a minute. You just said a very trigger word for me. Stay inside. Uh, I've mm. been staying inside. I've been listening because I'm not trying to get that Rona. Mm. I'm not trying to give no one else that mm. Rona, more importantly. But, Brandon, how much longer are we going to be <laughs> in this bitch? Because right. when are they going to open up outside? 
Wait, so I'm, I mean, you know, you have different rules in different states, and I'm not in New York right now. So we're, we're, right now, you are in. Like, we're we're in New York right now. Right, and you cannot you cannot go outside. It's the worst place. It's the worst place. Well, it's the, well, it's the epicenter <laughs> it's the of the of the of the outbreak in the United States currently. I mean, it's going to get right. getting everywhere else. Florida is probably next, or maybe Detroit is next. But anyway, um, Texas maybe. But uh, can you can go outside at all? Yeah. Okay. Good. It's not like, like we a, can. No, we can. Like it's not complete totalitarian. Sure. Like Judge Dredd shit. Right. Like we can still go outside right. and breathe the air and all that stuff. But you know, it's right. being very scrutinized yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and rightfully so. For right. Sure. They said if you're gonna be out and about. Like, if you're going to be, like, especially since all the non-essential businesses are closed, they're yep. like, if you're going to really be out and about, you better be going to, like, a grocery store or essential business. Otherwise, stay your ass inside. If you want to get your exercise, stay away from other people, do right. your thing, and go back home. So That's that's where we are right yep, now. Okay. Yeah, so in terms of how long is this going to happen, and I think so, you know, the disclaimer, of course, is that, in fact, I turned down a lot of media requests. That, you know, I, the news asked me to talk about what's the projections, and I say I'm not doing anything where I have to give hard projections. This is not – like the weather. This is this is a lot of noise and it's hard to make hard predictions on these things. Now, what I will say right. is um, we do have a lot of data now on kind of like how long it took, right, uh, to kind of like flatten the curve, as we've heard um, in a lot of other places. And, you know, there's some good news, right? Um, the, the infections per day and the deaths per day are flattening out in Italy. Now, they still have a lot of them, but the rate at which they're growing is starting to flatten out. Okay, starting to. Um, obviously, in China, right, it's really, I mean, it really did take kind of like, well, like, I mean, depending on how, you know, how much we trust the data, there's a big, there's a big debate about that. But, you know, right. it, took, it took like, you know, two months of them kind of instituting some pretty strong, um, so, you know, social distancing practices. And like I said, it looks differently there. It's much, you know, um, for them to really kind of see kind of some big, 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 big gains. And the drop of their rate, so you know, it very well could be some time. I mean, it really could be. It could. It could be a few months uh, of this. Um, you know, but we're. St- I think the good news and bad news is, you know, we're still getting a basic handle on the way this thing is growing in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just starting to test at a reasonable capacity. A lot of this really will be kind of what the signature of the disease really, really looks like here. Maybe maybe New York and Florida and, and, and Michigan and a couple of places got it really, really bad. But if we really buckle down in those places uh, for a little while longer, we can break off these chains of transmission and things can stabilize, you know, within a couple of months. But I would not I would not bet if I was a betting person, I would not bet on things being back to normal within a couple of months. I, maybe they're like there'll be some way to kind of like loosen the grip on some services or something like that. But I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on things being back to normal for a couple months at least and perhaps right. so, much, much longer. So you're saying, you know, even if things restrictions are relaxed and things like that, we're still going to be under pretty much kind of the same rules, like and, and probably still lots of people walking around with masks. Um, I know that for the last at least two and a half weeks or so, anytime I've gone out to the grocery store, I've worn a mask, mm-hmm. a N95 mask. And I don't wear it all the time just when I'm out and about mm-hmm. with a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. So you know, and maybe this is also towards what you mentioned about societal change. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just, this going to be the thing now. Like we are just going to be wearing masks for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, I think, so I think in the short term, you know, I think in short term, as we're still dealing with disease and people are have people that they love affected by the disease. Yeah. We're going to see a lot of people wearing masks and gloves. And um, I, I think that will be, I think the bigger question is long term. Will this leave a, enough of a cultural imprint on us? that this will be a part of the, it will change our interaction with the idea of contagion. You know, like, for example, 
even though you know a lot of my students are barely were born like on or after 9-11 right but like flying a plane and going to the airport will never be the same ever right because of 9-11 it, 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 it left such an imprint on our imagination as a culture that the airport as an institution is completely different and it will never go back to being uh, any way maybe you know the hope is, or I don't know what the hope but like one you know, one idea is that this will change how we think about contagion and so maybe I don't know if everyone will have masks on all the time but I do think is if you are sick you'll have one you know you'll you'll, you'll, right. you'll you know and, and maybe the way we think about employment right the notion that sick workers should be coming into work like no you know sick leave needs to be a thing that's really really a thing and that, that, that people are incentivized to stay home and not infect their coworkers. so I think the longer term questions are the, are the more curious ones but in the short term yeah Right, right, right. And and in general, I do appreciate that you you're you're giving us information, but you're also not being very it's just certain things you just can't be 100 percent sure about. So you're kind of certain things you're telling us, you know, take it with a grain of salt that it may change over time. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be, you know, a sucker, you know, like, I, I, you know, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I want to tell you what I think. It's just one of these things where, you know, human beings are not good with uncertainty. We don't we don't like it. And 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 I get that, but I think you know I, I'll give you my opinion. I told you at least a couple of months. That's my opinion. You know, that's my based on what I understand on the data and what have you. Um, but there's just so many variables that it's hard to know uh, for sure. This is my last Corona-related question because I just need to know if I got it and I recovered, I'm good. Does that mean I now have immunity? Amazing question. Okay, and that these questions are all that's one of the ones all right on the cutting edge now of what we're thinking about. We think that people who are recovered cannot be reinfected, um, at least not right away. Now, you got to remember, this is a young pandemic. So people haven't, right? People who got it in like January, uh, you know, that was only a few months ago. So yeah. it's, it's possible that, that that immunity will wane, right, as we say, like will go away and that they could be reinfected. We don't think so. We think that the immunity is probably kind of, it's pretty long lasting, at least several months, maybe even years. But I think we're still investigating that question. But we think immunity is reasonably long-lasting. If it wasn't, think about if it wasn't. Think about if you got sick, recovered, and could get sick again. We would have mm-hmm. never been able to drop, <laughs> right, the, 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 the rates the in, in, yeah. in anywhere in the world. <laughs> People would just right. be perpetually sick with this thing. But the fact that we've been able to make a dent in this in certain parts of the world, like Korea, like Singapore, right, et cetera, uh, means that we don't think people – because the disease is still around in Korea. It's not that it's not around. Right. Oh, it's yeah, just that it's, it's, it's just not able to infect the people who are already sick and that the people who are sick are now being tested and are being right separated from everyone else. So we think that we do. We think if you got it and you had it, you're probably good, at least for the re- relatively uh, short term. Uh, I mean, at least for a few months, at least. But we think probably longer term than that. Mm. Well, wow. Thank you for all of this information, man. You have brought, you know, so much information and also kept it where people can understand it and that's what matters most to our listeners and to us because we don't want people to talk over people and we don't want people to talk under people either you know we don't we don't need like that fuck boy Mm. talking to us but we also need (laughs) you know people who can understand it and people who can relate to us that you're calling him a fuck boy but okay shit i mean that's a you know that's a nice way Mm. to put in it yeah but you know, we do have, uh, since you are a listener of the show, I know you do understand that not only do you have the interview segment, you also have the brap segment, mm-hmm. our rapid fire questions. Are you ready, sir? Let's do this. 
The real test uh, begins. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you know, you dropped all that knowledge, so, you know, that's cool and all, but let's see if you can handle this shit. <laughs> All right, the Falcon or War Machine? Mm, uh, I'm going to go War Machine. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Okay. Luke Cage or Black Panther? Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Panther. I'm going to go Panther. It's close, but just too much, too much silly, too much silly shit in Luke Cage's early <laughs> dailies for me to forgive. And it just, it just looked, it just looked too silly at points. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Panther. Yeah, I mean, if if people out there think that Dab was bad, you have yeah, never yo. read a Luke Cage comic yeah. book because it's, it's, it's brutal. Because I got into I got into the later like in the nineties <laughs> when the Cage series it was Cage it was called Cage like I got into that and yeah, that was fire. dope. Yeah, that was fire. dope. But yeah. like, and I went back and I was like, ooh. <laughs> oh yeah, see, I grew up on going to the comic cons and buying like the twenty five cent copies of Power Man and Iron Fist right. because they had a black dude on That's the right. cover. Ooh, yeah, it's brutal. Oof. Yeah, brutal is, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the buffoonery, <laughs> to put it nicely. All right. Um, The Wire or Breaking Bad? The Wire, all the way. Not even close. All right. I expected nothing less. You know all right. Yep. Magneto or Professor X? I'm going to go Professor X. Um, I, I think the effect, I mean, I, I, we, I think as, you know, people of color, you identify with Magneto's struggle, but... I, Again, I I just don't find negative people intriguing. You know what I'm saying? Like it's mm. it's hard it's harder mm. it's harder to be a good hopeful dude person. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And for all Professor X's flaws, at the end of the day, you know, hope is just much more challenging. So I'm I'm with Professor X. All right. Uh, from our Patreon subscribers, one of uh our long-term listeners, Quiet Stormborn says. Mary Shag or Ghost Storm Black Widow Scarlet Witch. Ooh. Or Black Panther Aquaman Thor, you know. Yeah, Doesn't I mean it's hard to I mean yeah. it's hard to not pick Storm. I think um you know, but I do really like and I like the recent Black Widow run uh by um what's his name? Like from a couple of years back. That was Oh, is that Matt Fraction? Did he do that one too? No, that was no David I, no, no. I'll think else. of it in a minute, but the point is I, yeah. But I like a spy tale, and I like I like I like her mor- the moral ambiguity and the fact she was raised one way. So I mean, like Storm's kind of obvious answer, but I think like Black Black Widow would be, you know, uh, yeah. But you got to choose Mary Shag or Ghost. Yeah, I got to marry Storm. Uh, got a Shag. I mean, Scarlet Witch is a witch, and I I, I have a thing for witches, so that that's a, <laughs> that's a Shag. And then she Ghost, can help me with that science. Ghost would be Ghost would be uh Scarlet Witch. I mean, Ghost would be uh Black Widow. Black Widow. Yeah, like I said. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. All right. This is another Patreon question. This comes from Statica Shakur. They write, name something you love that most folks don't. It could be like a movie, a book, food, or a character. You know, this is funny. This is kind of an easy one. So, I mean, I have my serious problems with Westworld, and I know um, I think Ben Hamid does as well, from what I understand. <laughs> yeah. So what's funny is, you know, the movie, all-time great sci-fi movie that I don't think gets any love, that I feel like really dealt with the issues better than that whole series, um, is Will Smith's iRobot. Wow. Oh, iRobot. that's a new one. iRobot is incredible. It was a very important film for me. <laughs> it's like it's like one of, it's like an all-time great. Like I put it up there like an all-time great sci-fi. But, you, film. Wow. but wait, do a lot of people do a lot of people not like iRobot? Yeah, yeah. I got I got pan. It's people were like snobs and uh, he, it's not the book and da, 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 da. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I was being like, yo, it's it's a beautiful film that really, really hit the AI and consciousness questions 
squarely and, and artfully, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm. Just a side note, you should practice that that voice you just did because that's a great. Oh like, yeah, I got a lot of comic comic book slash professor voice. <laughs> like it's like I know everything well, under the sun. Again, I'm a professor. You, you know the jerks you deal with online. Like these are the people yeah. I work with. You know what I'm saying? So it's like <laughs> these are like most. These are most, this is most of my job. I mean, it's all good. Like a lot of them are nice too, but you know what I mean. So yeah, th- they're snobby and <laughs> yeah. yeah, smart. So yeah, of course they're gonna have opinions. No, but you're cool peoples. Okay, next question. All right, I think this is going to go the way I predicted. Uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, boy. So uh, it's going to be Star Wars, but it's closing. The gap's wow. closing. Yeah, no. So why did you say wow? I'm curious <laughs> thought, why you said I wow. I thought your mom was a Trekkie. No, no, no. Right. So why did you say wow? Oh, that's, right. that's why you said that. You said that because <laughs> yes. my mom is a Trekkie. Which yes, is, that's which, why you said that. Which is a good. Which is good. Um, I, my brother is a, is a huge. He kind of raised me. And so um, he's a Star Wars fanatic. I think the gap mm. is closing between those two, you know, because of the decisions that have been made in the Star Wars universe. But it's still Star Wars just because of more exposure to the universe in some ways. I have to say, y'all, like I, I keep saying it every week now, I keep watching Clone Wars. And I feel like with Clone Wars alone, it just, I don't know, man. I mean, I know Trek has all these series I've never seen. So maybe that's what it is. But. Man, I'm with you. I seen like you know first season, and I think you got me inspired. I mean, Mandalorian had me like, yo, let me let me let me get back into this universe because there's a lot yeah. of good lore and here that I had been taking for granted. So, uh, so I'll I'll take I'll give Clone Rose a stat. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's fire. Yeah, it, it turns into a slaw though. Mm. I can't lie to some of that. Jesus Christ, some of that <laughs> show, man. Ooh. All right. Okay. Yeah. What's your favorite superhero movie of all time? Uh, Spider Verse. Spider Verse, yeah, wonderful, yeah, outstanding, yeah, <laughs> yeah goddamn, so good, <laughs> woo, yeah. All right, uh, who's your first geek crush? Deanna Troy. Hey, Ooh, that's yeah, Star Trek. Troy. Understandable. You know I mean? Her, her, I mean, birth- curly hair, curly hair, and it was uh, like it was the closest thing we had, you know, to, uh, yeah. to a woman of color. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Oh my I God. mean, Whoopi was on there, but like Facts, you know, yeah, oh my no, God, no, no, I was no, just no, about no. to say, wait a minute, look, look, Whoopi was hey, on there, but you know hey, what I mean? Yeah, you know, come on now, yeah. <laughs> okay, Whoopi no. was also not dressed half naked, but that was not her choice. That was the wardrobe at first. Um, Thank God. But you know, it was also her birthday. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> 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 This man is, is horrible. <laughs> this man is horrible. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, but but happy birthday, Marina Sirtis, who just celebrated her birthday. Uh, Deanna Choi on Star Trek. So. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Still looking right. Um, Still a beautiful woman. Okay, we're rounding out the bend now. In any medium, such as books, TVs, film, what character's death hurt you the most? Uh, it's pretty easy. Optimus Prime in the original Transformers the movie mm-hmm. that 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 took <laughs> yeah, my soul. You know, that it did kind of hurt. It did kind of hurt. That took my soul. <laughs> yeah, that shit was terrible. <laughs> that that whole yeah, like did you see it in theaters? Yep. Yo, like that's the thing. Like you walk into that theater and you've never seen a Transformer get killed in the cartoon. Never. Yeah, never. Exactly. And, and then they straight up murder like six or seven of them in the first five. <laughs> yeah, minutes. in the first open, the opening joint. I was like, <laughs> like long term <laughs> niggas, Ironhide. This nigga Ironhide had taken had taken an ass whooping in every episode and he came back from it, and he straight just shot in the face. 
<laughs> yeah, Casper's they, they were skidding, they face smoked out. Like it was yeah, like yeah. real. You yeah, were like, smoke Whoa. came out of the dude's mouth. Yeah, like, I think yeah. Braun got got. And yeah. I like Braun. Yeah, Braun was my man. I was like, yo. <laughs> so when Optimus got got though, it was it was deeply spiritual. It was like a real grieving moment for me as a very young kid. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget. I think I got there late. So I like got there right as Megatron starts murking these fools, Man. and I'm like, wait, wait, I'm like, wait. <laughs> it hurt. Oh, it did. All right. Uh, let's see. If you could have any one superpower, what would it be? Um, you know, I think uh, you know, I'm gonna roll with like, I- I'm gonna roll with Doctor Strange, and um. You know, and, and his, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. That's well, actually, why are you laughing at him, Ben? I think that's a cool one. I, I mean, it's one of the best. That's what I'm saying. Trying to like that man got oh, all it's the like powers. A cheat code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Thanos. Yeah, I guess you know? so. I, I just like the fact that I mean, you know, as a scientist, right? Like, I think he mastered most both kind of worlds of knowledge and he mm. domains of knowledge. And I, I kind of like that's you know, I, I think anybody that's a real scientist, we in it because we want to get to the bottom of things. And I think that's kind of what his narrative is. So I think I understood, I, I understood that, 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 that. So yeah, it is kind of cheat code, but it's more the spirit of kind of being able to access, you know what I'm saying, that, that, uh, the realms and, and what have you that I like. So yeah, it is a little bit of a cheat code. Um, but nonetheless, roll with I, it. I would roll with it. Go with it. Okay, well, we appreciate that answer. We appreciate you rolling with us. You did a fantastic job, and I really feel empowered because you did answer a lot of real-ass questions I had, and I'm sure many, many other people had. So thank you. Well, again, thank the both of you really for this culture that you guys are at the top of. You you guys are the best at what you do. And and really, I mean, I I, I consume all of it, and uh, it, it's it's like the best thing our culture has going right now is is this is these geek spaces, and you do it better than anybody. So congratulations on all your success, and I really feel honored that you had me on. Any anything I can ask or answer, feel free to touch base with me. And speaking of, where can people yep. find you, and and how can they contact you? So my Twitter is at big underscore data underscore king. For, for those of you, oh, like instead of Big Daddy King, Big Data King, Big Data King, okay. And that's that's at that's at Twitter and Instagram. And I'm also gonna be doing some at the request of one of my students. He was like, Yo, you need to be doing Twitch talking about viruses and, Hell yeah. and stuff. So I'm actually gonna start doing some Twitch streaming where I'm gaming and talking about articles and doing a mix of things. So I have a Twitch uh, I'll be I'll be I'll be doing some Twitch streaming too. So yeah. Oh, we need to link up and do something with the foreign arts streaming. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Say the yeah. word, brother. And also, right. if we ever need to have you back on, would you come on for us and talk? Anytime, anything, anything, anything science related. I mean, we talk. You know, the, the times you know, we're talking about this thing, but anything, anytime, anything Yay. you need. Yay! Okay, well, I'm hold you to that. <laughs> no doubt. It'd be, it'd be my pleasure. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, and thank you for listening, folks. And we'll be right back with more to show. And what's up, y'all? And welcome back to this episode of the For All Nerd Show. This fire episode, fire artist of the For <laughs> All Nerd Show. Epic interview. Thank you so much, Brandon Obunu, for joining us. I know that was a dream come true for you, but for us, it meant the world to us as well because you dropped that knowledge. You know, you just kept laying it out there. We didn't have to say much. You know, you just brought it out, and that's all we need because. 
Like Tatiana says, there is just way too much misinformation and way too much ignorance being spread oh about gosh. what is going on. So I'm so happy that we have this episode that anyone can always check this episode. I you mean, know. bro, the the number of Facebook pharmacists is too damn high. Like, Yo, seriously. Ridiculous. Like, if you're not, you know, selling me weed, I don't need you to be a Facebook pharmacist. <laughs> like, you know, I need Facebook we street pharmacists. You're only fucking with the street pharmacists. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, all yeah. I need. That's all I need for Facebook, you know, street pharmacy. Like, you know, I need y'all to, and not even on there. Hit me on WhatsApp, you know what I mean? <laughs> Come on, man. Facebook way too hot. You know, stop it. Stop it, five. Facebook's um, the feds. Yeah. Oh, Yo, shout out to the homie. Who actually responded? I can't remember their name right now, but when I asked for trees for when we hit up Austin, they were like, I got you, fam. Oh, wow. Yeah, even though we never made it to Austin, people still responded right away, like, yo, you good. Don't even worry. That, that's I love what's that. Up. I love that's the fan fam. That's community. That's love. Yes. That's that fan fam. That's that community we were talking about. Thank you. And whenever I do make it down to Austin, I will see you down there. What up? <laughs> He Word said, up. "He said I'ma hold you to it." Yeah, <laughs> she. <laughs> he said, "Texas ain't nothing but a thing." Yeah, don't talk about it if you ain't got it. You know, that's all I'm saying, folks. You know, don't say it if you ain't got it. Oh God. Oh man. All You're right. The greatest. <laughs> Thank you. So are you. You know, we love each other on this show, and we love y'all. And that means it is time for one of my favorite segments because. Even though y'all send in all kind of questions, we don't have that much time tonight because it's a pat-ass episode. So some of them will make it into NetSuite's geekly asked questions. The guac is extra. The guac is extra. Where we answer any and all questions restricted to time. <laughs> that uh, you send it to us. It doesn't matter whether it's about geek-related or not. Nah. Hit us up, contact at forallnerds.com. Or hit us on the Twitters, on the Instagram, at For All Nerds, with your questions, your comments, your love, your thoughts, your concerns, whatever. And what do we have up first tonight? Up first comes from Richie, a.k.a. the Dominican of the High Republic. What up, Richie? Uh, we know this guy very well. Yep. Salutes to you. Puma right. shout out soon. <laughs> Richie writes, remember back in the day when we could go outside? Man, listen. Man. It was. Ah, oh, just like you know, just ten years ago. Um, yeah, do you feel stressed when you just walk outside? Like I took. Like- Actually, I do, and I, you know, I think maybe because I'm a little bit of an. I say a little bit, but I feel like you can't be a little bit. I am an empath, and I can feel people's energies, and it yeah. is super wild. Yeah, like I, I took a short walk around the um Brooklyn today, and uh-huh. I mean it was short. And it was a nice day out, everything. And I just like when I came back in the house, I felt worse, and I hate that because I'm like. I'm like, yo, you know, it's like that paranoia where you're like, yo, did, you know, did, I'm, uh, you know, and like, oh, no, you know, and it's like, come on, man. You know, I didn't, I'm all right. I'm fine. You know, I'm healthy. I'm good. Don't stress yourself to death. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are going through that. So I just want to let y'all know, yeah, you are not alone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Continuing the question. Uh, remember, like I said, remember back in the day when we could go outside. Uh, that said, where was your favorite place to read? I always struggled with reading on my commute. So now I'm stuck at home with a renewed love and time to read and read, read all of the books and hashtag comments I've copped in the past year. Love y'all and love the pod. Mm. Oh, man. Love you too, Richie. Yeah, love you, brother. Um, Always like curling up like in a nook. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Tom Nook? Yeah, yeah, shout out to Tom Nook, gangster. Um, 
I used to have this. I used to have this one crib I lived in that had this like big window where I, you could sit in the window. Oh man, I I love that one. Oh, you love those like cliche reading areas. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I can't lie. I love you have them. your crochet needles, drinking some yeah, tea. Yeah, some tea. <laughs> we got a nice couch in the house now, so my couch has become one of my favorite places yeah. to read too because that shit is buttery. Yeah, I mean, I can understand the, the 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 energy on that because like I do also like kind of an area where I can nicely curl up in, like, you know, surrounded by a bunch of pillows or one of those, like, really big bowl chairs that, like, it's bigger than your body. So, like, mm-hmm. you can kind of just sink into it and it's super relaxing. Um, I also like to read outside. I mean, and technically I still can. I have a balcony where I live, so I'm able to at least stand outside and get some air when the weather's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and yeah, I, I would read on my commute a lot. But you know what? I... I don't it's, I don't want to say that I've changed on that. It's just I've adapted. So mm. like, you know, I may not have a commute now, but you know, I'm still going to the grocery store, still like having to do essential things. And that's the time where I will, you know, maybe listen to an audiobook or I'll listen to an album because I actually have time to listen to the full album now. Um, because my commute's too short. Um and you know, I, you know, I think also, this meditation has given me some a point to just be more patient. So mm. I'm not like I, I usually like get on myself like, "Yo, you should have read this book. You should have did that." Da, da, da. Now I'm like, you know what? I will get to it. I'll have time. Mm. I will enjoy it and I will consume it when I when I can, and we'll move on. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm. That's so my favorite place to read is just any place where I can get just mad comfortable. Have some juice or water by me, food preferably, and just be cool. I used to love the back seat of a car when I was a kid and I was growing up. Oh, that's mad oh, cramped now. Man. I know, but yeah, back as a kid, like when you know your parents are driving, like oh man, that was my favorite. Like long road trips, sitting in the back seat, I would just read. Like that's where I read most of my like you know novels, long ass books, was that those type of trips. That's where I would finish most of my RPGs that I'd be playing on my handheld. So mm, that's yeah. all I did, just straight video games. I was broke. Straight games. Did you, <laughs> say, did you say you were broke? I had books. <laughs> no, books are books are books are better. Books are yeah. better. Let me not say better. Books are books are good too. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had a defender handheld and my sister would be so mad that I told the telling the story again. But I had this ill defender handheld. It actually showed up in Stranger Things. Like, they had the same Defender handheld in episode of Stranger Things. And I had it for, like, a week. And she took it on a trip. And... Because that was the last I saw that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, thanks. Yeah, it still hurts. It really hurts when you see something like that and it shows up in a TV show. And you're like, oh, yeah, I used to have that. You know? And then it was gone. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, that yeah. being said... Wow. Well, have- we have answered the guac question. That's all we have time for this week. That said, if you have a geekly asked question, it could be about geek culture, pop culture, or somewhere in between. It could be about anything because apparently we know mad experts in every field. So mm. we can probably give you a very informed answer. Hit us up, contact at 40nerds.com. You can also hit us up on the interwebs, on the socials at 40nerds. And if you are a Patreon subscriber and you're on a certain tier, you get a guaranteed guac question no matter what. You can always hit us up at any time on our Patreon, patreon.com slash for all nerds. Mm-hmm. And 
Uh, you just reminded me to I when you said we're like experts, we're like uh, you ever watch what's that Pawn Stars? Let me call yep. a guy who can you know tell you about this. Like, <laughs> right, let me call a guy. Yeah, let me call a guy. That's us. like, and I think that's the most resourceful you can be. Like, know yep. your lane, and when it's not your lane, be like, let me call this person mm-hmm. that I know could help you. That's Word how up. I operate, and that's how we do here on For All Nerds. But one thing that is our lane is our next segment. Comic Uh, Where normally we talk about all the new comics that we are copying every Wednesday when they hit the stores. Today is Wednesday and they ain't hitting the stores due to, you know, Elviro. So, um, yeah. Basically, folks, there won't be no new comics for a minute, it seems. Marvel and DC, the Bid 2 and Image, Bid 3 all together. Are still trying to sort it out what they're going to do if they're going to release digitally or not. But right now, it does not look like it. Due to the fact that digital sales are like less than 10% of sales of comic books. And so they don't want to F themselves in the foot by trying to sell, you know, 10% of copies. Plus, they'd be effing all these stores. Because if the sales did start picking up, then would people go back to the stores? Right. And all these stores are already in in between a rock and a hard place right now. So... Instead of recommending new books, what I want to suggest is some things you can do to help your local comic book store. Please reach out to them and see what they're doing. I've seen a lot of stores are doing like uh, sidewalk pickups where you can still pick up any comments that you didn't grab from before or anything in stock. And that helps them too. Like uh, I've seen a lot of stores are doing like grab bags. Like, yo, you know, you send them 20 bucks and they'll just give you a selection. Do it, yo. Because a lot of stores need to sell what they have in stock right now because they can't afford to just keep it there and it's not making them any money, obviously, and they have bills to pay. So, you know, that's one way. Gift cards are another great way you can support your local store because you can buy these gift cards now and then, you know, use them whenever, pick them up whenever. Another thing that I'm doing, like even with my local store with anyone comics, all everything that's on my pull list is still staying on my pull list. So when they do release it, I'll buy them then, you know, and I'll pick them up then. But in the meantime, in between time, I'm going to order some old graphic novels from them. I'm going to get some uh, trade, I mean, some gift cards or whatever to give away to people and just to have myself. And, you know, anything I can do to help these stores, because comic book stores are a really precarious business normally. And, you know, if you've got a good store near you, we talk about that all the time on the show, how, you know, it's hard to find a real good comic store that, you know, you can really vibe with and F with and, you know, got good selection for you, helps you. And not trying to sell you some nonsense or whatever. You know, support them in this time of need, y'all. Because they can really use it for real, for real. And it's not that Mm -hmm. difficult to do it. All you got to do is hit them up. I'm about to hit up anyone. I'm about to hit up a shop called Quest. I'm even going to hit up a Forbidden Planet. Even though I know they're one of the biggest ones. But even they're going to have hard times coming up. So, you know, support these people out there. And as always, use that hashtag, comments I cop. Because I love to see what y'all are reading especially right now, because I need some new suggestions. I need some new stuff to pick up. So please, please use the hashtag ComicsICop. That's Comics I-C-O-P-P-E-D on Instagram, on Twitter, anywhere out there. It don't matter. If you watch me live stream, DJing on Facebook and Twitch, hit me with a comments I copped on there and tell me what you're reading. It don't matter. You like how I threw that little ad in there right there? Yes. You know, <laughs> Twitch.tv slash For All Nerds. Also, you can find me on Instagram.com slash DJ Ben. I mean, I've been doing a lot of live DJ sets to keep myself sane and to give y'all some good music, you know, to chill out and relax yes. to as well. 
Ben, you said Twitch. Guess what came in? Uh-oh. Guess what came in? The Nas vocals came in. <laughs> Album done? Album done? Um, My video card came in, you guys, which means I can now stream on Twitch. So wow. I am going to get El some... Gato. Yeah, man. I'm going to get some cool graphics and polygons going. And <laughs> I am going to start streaming. I will, just like Ben, I mean, start announcing the streaming times and dates when I go up there. Um, You guys may even see something as, you know, mundane or exciting, depending on who you are, as me playing Animal Crossing. So if you with that, cool. If you not, I don't give a damn. That's what I'm going to be doing. Nice. So, yes, that's twitch.tv slash for on earth where you can find me, DJing. And I actually got my Elgato set back up over here, too. So I'll be dropping in and playing some games and tatiana will be over there all of the for all nerds crew are now going to be on twitch.tv slash for all nerds amazing amazing and we got some big big things coming up over there shout out to spawn on me doing some super big things and also um doing some big things i mean it's, it's a lot of things a lot, lot of lot, things a lot bro. of things happening behind the scenes a lot of things happening behind the scenes that's all i can say right now can't Ooh. talk too much about that but yes yeah, some you know Major movements, folks. Watch this space. Fed Pros!